0: Hi, I'm Kate and I'm Mandy, and this is Love Sober,
1: the podcast for the
0: sober and sober curious. Hi there, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today is episode 63, and we are delighted today to be uh, welcoming um, a friend of mine, but Kate, that is the first time that they've met. Um, actually, f- calling in from portland oregon uh it's tammy Salis uh, and tammy is <laughs> so tammy is um i'm gonna read her little bio here um tammy hasn't had a drink since february the 3rd 2015 which is amazing, amazing. Well
2: done.
0: So, so nearly five years um she is a former wine bar owner lifelong seeker and recovering perfectionist Dawn actually called me a perfectionist. (laughs) She said, are you recovering from perfectionism the other day? And I was like, oh, my God, there's another one to add to the list. But anyway, Um, (laughs) she's an artist, a teacher, a self-proclaimed late bloomer and co-host of the Unruffled podcast, which is how... I got to know Tammy and Sondra, um, and it's been a huge resource for me in, in my journey. So I'm absolutely delighted. Um, so the Unruffled podcast is a weekly podcast that explores all topics relating to the intersection of creativity and recovery. Uh, so Tammy, in sobriety, she has enrolled in college and declared art as her major at age 44. She makes art every day and credits this practice as the path to her spiritual overhaul and creative awakening. Tammy has a self-published book all about finding her visual voice through her daily gratitude practice, uh, which she has maintained for over four years. And um, if you don't know Tammy, she does these amazing little videos every morning where she sets up her morning routine with some music and some tea and starts her gratitude practice which Amazing. I absolutely love mm. uh, and she shares her creative and personal pursuits as well as her struggles and successes with sobriety and um, so you can learn more about Tammy at www.Tmmyalis.com or follow her on Instagram at Tammy Salis. there we go so Yay. that's the intro. <laughs> So we always start the pod just by sort of checking in and saying hi. So hi, Tammy. How's it
2: going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on the show, ladies. I'm very excited to chat with you finally.
1: Yeah, we're really, I'm really um, pleased to meet you because like you say, I know that you're a man, dear friend. So this is, um, yeah, it's just lovely. And I've seen your, um, your beautiful um, gratitude circles on Instagram. And they always just make Mm. me smile. Um, oh. just be really beautiful. Yeah. So, so
2: thank yeah.
1: you. And yeah, how are you that- today, Kate? Well, um, <laughs> every time we do a check in, I'm like, Oh God, why are you going to, you know, I'm the same, you know, <laughs> I'm a bit shit, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm all right. It's, do you know, but I think it's cause we, we were going to talk to Tammy that I, I got my journal out tonight. And I'd said that I was going to journal last week because Mandy and I had a, a working week last week. And she came to the UK and it should be kind of a, a comedy sort of a dark comedy made about that week because it was just like the most stressful week for me at home with, with my son and all of the stuff that's going on with that. But and then I started to write and it was like, OK, we had our meeting, we met with Bev James uh, Coaching Academy, which is an amazing one. Did the Mindfulness Drinking Festival, uh, Mindful Drinking Festival. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really do set up have a, a new a, company, set up a new company. Um, we were in vogue. <laughs> the we're chaos. in vogue, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, darling, I, just, I do... just knew you... it. I
0: was <laughs> no, like
1: and in a moment so then we had a period i had my period you had a migraine you did your neck in i've done my hip flexor yeah. in you know it's just like there was lots of mud it was just like do you know what i mean one of those so i'm so i'm recovering right i'm recovering from last week yeah so yeah so. it was it but, was quite um it so was quite um, a while was, it, it? Oh, yeah so yeah. how are you mandy um, um well
0: i'm I'm better today, thanks. Yeah, I had a bit of a difficult day yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting one. You know when it's like you kind of keep turning over stones and it's like, yeah, I'm good, I'm totally good. Like I've got this life sorted and then you're like, oh, I'm really ashamed about that thing and I haven't told anyone and now I've got to fess up. And so this big thing came that I've got basically a massive fear about um, getting checked out by a gynecologist and so I've just hidden it all away for years and years and years due to trauma and and so it kind of came out yesterday and I had to tell my husband and I was crying and then I like had to phone someone you know and it's like that thing's just like oh I thought it was good but you you are still hiding these little parts that you just don't you're not quite ready or you don't know how to deal with so anyway and that kind of triggered quite a lot of um, PTSD stuff and it was not the best. <laughs> but um but you know, I'm 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 alright today and I I got through it and you know, we keep learning, don't we? So
1: So basically, my... we're great, right? <laughs> yeah. I've hearing your you're know, um, we're <laughs> really, really good, Tammy. We're rocking it. <laughs> I'm glad, you know, I bet you're, you're really glad you've come on the podcast. You're like, Oh, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. You <don't> guys <laughs> are making
2: me feel so good right now. No, <laughs> <I'm not kidding. laughs> But you know,
0: I did. I actually so I had to make this appointment and, you know, like I have to make these appointments in French, which is another barrier, you know, because I don't feel like massively strong with my language and I feel like I'm being judged. There's a lot of stuff like that. And what I actually did is, I got out my big girl pants that Paula gave me at nice. the Shame Booth, the actual ones. <laughs> and I put them over my jeans. And I was like, <laughs> I, I literally am going to put my big girl pants on. So I put them on. <laughs> I put my fuck shame badge on. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I can do this. Bonjour. So thank the you. Call you? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bonjour. Oh, it's good for Midi. Anyway. So that's us. I love
2: it I love it yeah I have a shame shirt from Paula that I wear from time to time um when I want to feel like a badass as well yeah
0: yeah yeah that that woman is powerful um so yeah I was like just so yeah channel that inner badassness so I did it
1: anyway well done so so Tammy like so now that we've done our complete sort of like general oversharing that we all should we, we, also, should right. we get on to you I'm, since it's your I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna
2: overshare with you ladies excellent big time. I
1: love it I love it so I mean obviously with sort of love sober podcast so um all of our stories and all of our guests we all have journeys with alcohol so I guess that maybe we could start there if that's all right if you could Tell us a bit about your journey. What brought you to the decision to become alcohol free?
2: Um, yeah, I was thinking about that, and um, it actually it's funny with, with a little bit of time and approaching five years, I feel like that story has shifted a little bit for me than what I used to think that it was. Kind of having time and experience, and um, unlocking a lot of what why I drank. Um, I can say that from a different place today. But initially, what what started me on that journey was I was having crippling anxiety attacks. Um, My heart was racing. I was waking up about 2.20 to 2.30 every single night. Um, Shame, you know, incomprehensible demoralization, as they call it in the rooms. I was feeling all of these things. I felt like I was having a heart attack all the time. I felt like I was on the brink. Um, I didn't realize how much anxiety was really my native language. It was really like the thing that had been kind of happening to me since I was seven years old. And I was doing different things to mask it. I used to count letters. I used to count 11-letter words. And I didn't tell anybody I did this, you know, until when I did, they thought it was quirky and fun. And I look at that now, and I was like, my, my brain and my body was screaming for me to, it was a warning signal, yeah. like, you know, like get out of the situation or, but what I started to do is to drink at it. And, um, I bought a wine bar on my honeymoon with my husband and started running that business. And then about nine months later had a, a um, found out that I was pregnant, uh, wasn't super ready for that. Um, so stayed sober during that whole time. But when I had the baby, I basically started drinking in full force I had uh, postpartum anxiety. I realized that now, didn't know that then. And so when I went to quit drinking, I went to, um, I went to my doctor for my annual physical on February 3rd, 2015. And I had the opportunity to tell the truth on my intake form about how many drinks I drank per week. And I didn't tell the whole truth, ladies. Just as you know, just practicing the truth because I wasn't really good at the truth. I wrote that I um, instead of writing two to three drinks a week, I wrote that I drank 21, and that was about I drank really 42 plus drinks a week. But I, I couldn't do that math at that point in time. I was hungover that day anyway. Um, from Groundhog Day the night before, which is funny to me that my last drink was on Groundhog Day because that is kind of oh, it is. how it went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my doctor was surprised and she and she very quickly clicked into like doctor mode and she just said, um, well, what do you drink? And and I said, bourbon, and she looked it up and she was like, Oh, okay, that breaks down, that's from corn, that breaks down to sugar. Okay, let's let's try an elimination diet. And I was like, Okay. And being a people pleaser, type A, Virgo perfectionist, I was like, I'm going to please you. I'm going to do this so well. And so that's what I did. And I removed, she asked if I would remove alcohol first. I said, sure. And two days later, I I was having a really hard time. Um, I probably, since I didn't tell her the whole truth, I probably should have done some either inpatient rehab or outpatient rehab. Um it probably wasn't the safest for me to go home and just cold Turkey it. I very quickly knew that I had a much bigger problem. So I didn't do any of the other elimination part of the diet. I just didn't drink alcohol for eight weeks. And once I got to the eight weeks, I, I just, I really got hooked on waking up without a hangover. Mm. And so once I got hooked on that, plus all the reading I was doing that we do when we're kind of curious about sobriety, reading, reading blogs, social media, all of that kind of, I started finding a few ladies that were doing it. Um, and that seemed appealing to me. So that's kind of the route that I took um, initially. So for the first seven months, I just did it on my own, alcohol-free, uh, exercise, trained to hike four mountains, really threw myself into everything until I, at seven months, I wanted to start drinking again, but that's mm. a different story. But, but, uh, but I, but I didn't, mm. that was my way in.
1: And so you, um, you said it sort of changed the narrative has sort of changed for you as time's gone on and that you've got a different perspective could you tell us how that's then changed
2: yeah I think just the little bit of information that I just shared is I didn't realize how much anxiety was a part of my story until um I removed the alcohol I started going to events I started having um I didn't know that these were anxiety attacks. Nobody ever said that. My doctor didn't say that. And then I had a couple panic attacks um, on a plane, uh, two different plane trips, had to be taken off and taken to the ER. Those were frightening. And I, I didn't know that I was fueling my anxiety every day with caffeine Mm. for me, for my body. I've talked to um, Jolene Park um, quite a bit about this Um, and Jolene Uh, who's a functional nutritionist, you know, she says, not everybody reacts to caffeine the same way, Tammy, but for you, Mm. yeah, you feel like that. And I was feeling it every morning, feeling like I was getting so much stuff done and I'm super productive. And I had that buzz and that, and I didn't realize that, that, that kind of was contributing. So I slowly could kind of dismantle what was feeding my anxiety. Mm. And for me using art first thing in the morning, um, music I've found like key things to help me lower that anxiety saying no, saying no to things. So, so now the story is like, I don't feel like my anxiety is ruling me like it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't feel, um I feel a little sturdier than I, than I used to feel, you know, and I, and I believe that I have more power than I used to feel. So all of it kind of just has shifted. I feel now as I'm, Approaching five years, I feel like there's like a second sobriety that I'm dealing with, which feels more like an emotional sobriety, codependency you know so there's different things that I'm recovering from but I feel by removing alcohol I could find it was like a gateway to get to all of these other things
1: yeah that really resonates with me I was gonna say because I mean we talk about mental health don't we man and you yeah been, really helped me understand and definitely a, a layer of mine because I went back to drinking after a, a year of sobriety and in my head I was like well, I just feel like I've am you know, i done a year, blah, blah, blah. That was the script that I was running. It, that was bullshit. Actually, what it was was I thought I was going to have a heart attack because I was so stressed and so anxious and I hadn't dealt with or found strategies to cope with GAD, like general anxiety, generalised anxiety disorder that I'd had since I was a teen. So there's definitely, there was that, like you say, that sort of emotional toolkit, that emotional sobriety that had to come on board after the substance was taken away sort of thing
2: um yeah it's really
0: interesting that your doctor approached it like um from a a dietary point of view you know I've never heard Mm. that do you think that she she was kind of like or she or he was thinking right there might be a problem with alcohol here let's this is a good way to kind of approach it with people I don't know I mean
2: Yeah. I, you know, I have a different, initially I was really grateful to my doctor. Mm. The the more I have recovery, the more I learn about neuroscience and the brain and addiction, the more I'm really disappointed in the way that Mm. she approached it. I think it was very dangerous the way that she approached it. And I think that, um, I could only know that by the experience and, and kind of the learning that I had to do. She never said I had an alcohol problem or inferred that I did. Um, you know, I know it's a delicate issue, but she didn't address it at all. And I think that's so interesting that doctors don't, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and they have the survey, but you say two to three drinks a week and there's just not another thing about it. And I know that my personal responsibility was to tell the truth, but if you're putting 21 drinks down, it's probably mm-hmm. not the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Version of yes. the truth. Um, but then when I figured it out and what I was stringling it, cause I Anyhow, the math of it all, but I feel um, I feel disappointed that she didn't and had a panic attack on the plane. Um, I was taken to a Kaiser in San Francisco, and that's not near my home. And um, but the plane had to land there because we couldn't go to the next airport because they had to get me off the plane. And so I'm alone in San Francisco at, at, at the hospital. And the next morning, I contact her, and she wants to give me a prescription for Ativan for my anxiety. And I said, but I struggle with addiction. Like, I'm not sure, you know, why you would recommend that. And so again, still, so she's still my doctor. I'm about to go see her. It's almost February 3rd. So I'll see her again. Um, But I'm gonna have a different conversation with her this year. And I think, feel like every year, I think that's what I'm saying. Like initially I was just kind of like in this puppy dog phase, like, okay, sure. Whatever you're going to tell me. Mm -hmm. But now I have questions. Mm -hmm. I I have more confidence to advocate for myself. Um, she ended up giving me non-prescription beta blockers, which have been really helpful for flying and for um, if I do public speaking or I'm going to a large mall, let's per se, or a concert where there's a lot of people, I, um, I get anxiety and it can really rise up. So I use those plus lots of other things that mm-hmm. are not, not prescription. But and, and again, if somebody wants to use a prescription, I'm not judging them. I just, for me... I know my personality and I felt like I didn't want to go down that road and I was I was just disappointed that she that was where she went first
0: well I think well, it's it's very common like I and that's that's why I mean we're, we're starting to work this year with um with ICAD which is like the mm. international I'm gonna get that wrong conference of addiction and associated yeah, disorders, disorders I think yeah yeah so mental they're looking at mental health and that's really kind of traditionally it's been for you know medical professionals and psychologists psychiatrists treatment centers and what they really want to do is kind of bring in actual people you know the real people um, to, to sort of have confront these conversations because there is this gap between what doctors are doing and what is our experience I mean both Kate and I we were told to moderate our yeah. alcohol, you know. We went to the doctor and was like, I'm not quite sure about mm. this. And they were like,
1: okay, we'll just drink less. And it's like, By really? a doctor, by a counsellor, by an addiction specialist, all told me mm. to count yeah. my units and moderate. Yeah. I mean, literally, and I if was, you've got someone uh, yeah. going to you and telling you that they want to stop drinking but i didn't have the vocabulary at that time to say actually moderation in inverted commas is the problem i am literally in a prison counting my units trying to stay within them it's like groundhog day miserable cycle it's like why why is freedom never suggested why is why do people try and keep you there it's like there needs to be a revolution really doesn't there really yeah so.
0: and I was given um sleeping tablets that are highly highly addictive right you know? exactly. and it was only when I saw my psychiatrist she was like who gave you these and I was like my doctor and she was like oh, I, I you know she was like I don't think with your kind of personality <laughs> no, they're a good good idea like take right. them back give them to me kind of thing. <laughs> um so yeah um yeah there's a lot of work that needs to be done
2: yeah.
0: So tell us a little bit about um, the Unruffled podcast and how that came about, um, ah. creative
2: recovery, mm. um, all the creative stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, all the creative stuff, just as a little tiny backstory, um, what, before I stopped drinking, about a year before I stopped drinking, I started keeping a, a journal, a sketchbook. I was inspired by an artist named Lisa Congdon that's like a really big, I love her. And she was living in San Francisco. I've been following her for a while and she was really big on accountability projects and doing things for a year. So I started, I committed to, I was searching for something as as we kind of are, you know, before we make this decision um, to quit drinking. And so I decided that I would do an accountability project and I would draw in my journal or sketchbook every day for a year, like a half a page. So every morning I would come to the table hungover, I would make art. I would, I guess it was a form of meditation. You know, I was kind mm. of just getting things down. It felt awkward. It felt weird, but i committed to do it for a year. And I did do it for a year. And I thought, oh my gosh, I kept my, cause I didn't keep my word a lot when I was mm. drinking. Right. I had the best intentions, but I had a lot of grandiose ideas late at night that I would never follow through with. But this one I did, and I was really proud of myself. So that creativity for me, my intuition told me I needed it. Mm -hmm. I did it, but it wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't enough. Um, So after I got sober, I had listened. uh, I had joined the Home Podcast Secret Facebook group, Mm -hmm. and I had seen this gal kind of commenting on there, and I liked how she responded to people. And that is my co-host, Sandra Primo. And so I was like, huh. I, I had just um, entered a 12 step program. I had a sponsor, and she had recommended I do gratitude lists every day. And it's kind of lonely doing gratitude lists by yourself. So, the beauty, I think, of a gratitude list is to share them with other people. So, I had reached out to Sandra and about a half a dozen other women that were in the home podcast group and said, hey, do you guys want to do a gratitude circle? So, that's just a little bit of a backstory. That's how I met mm. her. Then I had mm. I, I heard I, I had heard her on the Sense Right Now podcast, and Sandra basically told a version of my story. And when I heard her talking about it, and she sounded like she had such confidence, you know, and I was like, I want what she has. Like I totally want that. I want to feel that way and not so ashamed of where I'm at. So we started the gratitude circle was how I got to know her, and then eventually, very quickly, we started having phone dates and dreaming up ideas and projects and things and talking about a podcast. And we did that for a while, but never pulled the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my best friend passed away in February of 2017. And I came home from that and channeled my grief into my art. Hmm. And that was I just reached out to Sandra. I'm like, what are we waiting for? Let's just do this. You know, let's just do it. So we did. And we've been doing it every single week. It's like an accountability project. Every Monday we release a new episode and we interview men and women, although not very many men I know, um, um, who are sober creatives that we have found kind of through different channels that we find their story interesting, or they reach out to us and say, can I share this? Uh, and we just want to show where the intersection of creativity and recovery is and how you don't just have to survive in sobriety, right? We can thrive. Mm-hmm. And I think you can't have that all at, at, at first, yeah. but through community, through um, filling the hole that you have inside of you in whatever whatever medium that is, uh, writing or, or cooking or rearranging your living room, like we think everyone is creative, and kind of tapping into that, I think, has been a really powerful source of, of my recovery and Sandra's as well.
0: Yeah, and it's, I mean, you've got your own, which I'm a member of, um, secret group, right? So mm-hmm. people are interested in kind of that creativity. And, I mean, there's yeah. some great stuff that happens in there that you have Creative Share Friday, which means that, you know, anyone that's doing creative projects, they can share their work. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, there's the... Um,
2: what's it called the recovery gals art exchange yeah yeah we started that so that people in recovery could make art based on a theme and it would be therapeutic and help them you know uh with the theme like this week with this we just did this theme is i'm already forgetting uh oh gosh i just did the whole artwork for it we're having a new theme for spring. And basically you make art on the theme. Oh, it's radiance. Mm -hmm. So I pick a a theme and then we kind of riff on the words. What does radiance mean in your recovery or in your sobriety? So it helps you make it, but then you gift it to your partner and then your partner gets to receive. And it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an act of service, I think that we're doing and, um, and like just creating beauty and getting it out in the world and
0: you know and what's so lovely because I mean we've talked about this in our private conversations you know this kind of constant I'm not a creative like I'm not an artist and then you will be like you are an artist Mandy and we are all creatives and and what's so nice about the exchange you know is that there's some people that are in you know incredible kind of working practicing artists and there are some people that it is you know their hobby and it's what you know helps them and it's and, and each part is is absolutely beautiful and and it's that kind of exchange from one person to another. I still have to send mine off <laughs> for oh. the winter. Um, I will blame you know uh, the uh, postal service, but <laughs> she will receive it
2: at some point. Yeah, um, but, and, that's, but that's the thing too, Mandy. I think that just the accountability of it, right? You're gonna keep your word to yourself, right? I think that's really important in recovery. When I work with sponsees, one of my biggest things that I work with them on is keeping your word to yourself, keeping accountable. And so the art exchange, while it's not meant to be an assignment per se, every part of it is you get to practice reaching out to this person that you don't even know, right? But you know that shares your common problem with alcohol Mm -hmm. and you get to create based on a theme. You can get to be inspired and then you get to follow through. And even if it's three months later, you're following through. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't leave ourselves or we don't beat ourselves up. We don't have to have shame around it. We can practice forgiveness. We can – all of it. Like, I feel like Mm. it's just this beautiful amalgamation of everything and that act of of creating. Mm. There's something
1: lovely about the circle, you know, like you're making me think of – I mean, we talk quite a lot because I'm fascinated with the science of happiness, which is something that I Mm. found once I stopped drinking – and filled that toolbox of, you know, flow, community or wonder, um, you know, that mindfulness and there's something about the creativity that has a lot of those elements and like you say that I a something happens to us as adults where we stop playing and getting messy and dirty and making mud pies and splashing things around. And and it and almost it becomes serious and sort of almost solitary and I, and there's something also sorry I'm starting to just blah 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 but um I've been thinking about being seen and seeing lately and there's something about what you said about there's a beautiful feedback loop there about giving mm-hmm. it and not only does somebody else receive it you're accountable to yourself. But that experience of being seen by other people is very affirming somehow, isn't it? So I'm just horrible. seeing all these dots being all joined up, like mm. <laughs> pathways yeah. all firing off each other.
0: yeah, and I th- and I think that's why I mean that's what's been so great for me and you know, and why I'm so grateful to the unruffled and and to you guys, because we do have all these gaps. Sort of things missing you know mm. and I mean I had no hobbies I had no hobbies all I did was party and go raving and spend time with my friends you know I had a hobby in music okay um but when I was a little kid I had loads of hobbies you know and so and I used to do glass painting and I used to embroider and I used to paint and you know but I That all got told when I was sort of, you know, 15 doing my GCSEs, I wasn't as good as everyone else. And so, you know, you lack confidence Mm. and you're just like, okay, you shelve it and just go, that's not for me because it's not going to be my job.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, and and obviously through you I met Amanda Grace and I went to Ireland to her retreat and it was very messy play and it was perfect for me. You know, it was just that. But, you know, incredibly healing. I mean, I was very ill that week because I had migraines. I cried like, you know, there was a lot going on, Um, lots of confronting stuff, but lots of laughter at the same time. Um, And I've kept that practice. And sometimes when I'm jittery and that anxiety feeling when you just don't really know what to do with yourself. And that's quite often why we drink it's just because we just don't know what else to do. Like, Mm, just need to sort of stop that kind of jitter and I can, I can go. Oh right, I'm just gonna, you know, journal. And my my husband, quite often, it's like when I'm in a really really bad mood, and he'll like take the kids off, you know, and then he'll come back in, and I've got my journals out, and he's like, ah, oh, art therapy, good. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> he's not. Terrible. He's not Indian. He's French, but. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I think that art helps fill this beautiful void that, that obviously we were filling with alcohol as women. Right? We were just filling it. I didn't know. I mean, I owned a wine bar. I over people all the time. People came to my home. I over them so that I could drink the way that I wanted to drink. And I was filling something up. I wasn't leaving space. And once I removed it, they, I mean, I've heard it said like, it's a God-sized hole, or it's just this slice of me that's still missing. And I'm not, fully whole just yet. I'm still working on things to get there, but the art helped me to be, um, my therapist says like, you know, it's good to be seen and heard. Like you were saying, Kate, like it's good to be seen and heard, but it's also to be accurately seen and heard, Mm. right? Not, not, not just, um, I was trying to accurately put down what was truly me on the page. And even though I share these things publicly, I struggle with that in terms of, um, you know, ego and privacy you know, Mm -hmm. so I have a couple of things going. I have, I have a book where I share things publicly, Mm -hmm. but then I also have my log book that I, I, um, that I just have for me. Yeah. And so, um, I don't photograph these pages. Um, they're just mine, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's something that I teach in my proof of life class that I will talk about later, I'm sure. But just that I teach that, um, I don't know, writing is such a powerful exercise using images. Um, but again, yeah. you don't have to be a visual artist or a writer to create. I mean, you've created children, you've mm. created a home, right? We've created, you've created this podcast. We create systems like we, we're creators. That's yeah. what we are. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. So, um, I wanted to. I mean, you, you mentioned that you you are you do the steps. So that's obviously part of your recovery, and that's that's part of your modality i suppose to Mm -hmm. stay sober what other things are in your kind of toolkit what's your what's your day do you have a kind of oh well i know you do so what's your kind of like (laughs) daily practices that help
2: you you know i do a lot of things um so yeah 12 step is a big part of my recovery it it has resonated with me i got a wonderful sponsor um who's 31 years sober and uh she uh she's she's got her hands full with me, right? Because I'm a little, I'm like a little bit out of the box. I, um, I appreciate the 12 steps, but I do lots of other things. And so it's really great because it's like this beautiful relationship. I get to share lots of things with her that I do. So for me, like, um, I do, uh, I have a daily prayer practice where I read Pixie Lighthorse, which I, maybe you've heard me talk about her before. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm taking a class with her next week and I took a class with her last year, And she has studied for like 12 years in shamanic studies. Um, her prayers are the way that I could do prayer because I didn't have a God when I entered, um, 12 step or a version of a God or a higher power, anything. So I had to find it. And so her daily prayers helped me. I meditate. I go to a a 7am 12 step meeting five days a week if I can, um, uh, one of those meetings are a women's meeting, which is sort of like 60 women. It's incredible. It's my favorite day of the week is Tuesday night. Like that's a night meeting that I go to. Um, I try to text with at least three sober women, you know, upon waking every day. Um, or humans I'm, I'm texting some, there's some very, uh, strong men in my life too, that are sober that I, I appreciate texting with, um, essential oils, uh, My logbook is a place that's really helps me with my recovery in terms of mirroring things back, doing morning pages, doing a daily gratitude list. Like that's a lot of things (laughs) and they all don't happen and they all don't happen perfectly sitting on a cushion in the morning. I just want you ladies to know that. And your listeners, like what I like to tell my sponsees when I sponsor women is that like, so I listened to a spoke Sarah blonde and I listened to her in the car Mm. on the way to my meetings I can't get a meditation on the pillow and I'm not, I'm not good at just silently meditating yet. So I, I make it work. I listen to her on the way to my meeting. Um, but my tea is the, you see it Mandy on Instagram. Like I love to pick a theme song for the day. Um, this is not, you know, any kind of a 12 step thing, but I, 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 I pick my I song for the day and tea and I pour it and it's just to center me. And I don't know if people know this or not that follow me on Instagram, but that, that is to symbolize that I have these next 24 hours. Mm. I only have today. It's kind of like the be here now. Right. Mm. Um, I only have this moment right here and I'm going to reset my 24 hours for not drinking because if I think too far or future trip or do any of that kind of stuff, that's not helpful for me. Mm. Um, But one more thing I do want to share that I'm super, super excited about because I just started it. And again, I feel like I'm at this new phase. I'm approaching my five year. I just started, um, I joined a course in miracles, uh, study group at my church where I go to my 12 step meetings and it's very different than my 12 step meetings because yeah, Mm. and the teacher has been teaching it for 40 years. So she's like this beautiful angel that just kind of walks in and descends on her chair. And we meet in a semicircle and we do meditation and she teaches a lesson. And she called me on New Year's Eve and we had a phone appointment. And me being the notebook list maker, you know, I gotta, I'm the student, I'm the seeker. I'm like, okay, so what do I need to bring? And she was like, you just bring yourself. I'm like, and what else? <laughs> a journal. We're going to journal during the class. And I'm like, yes. And then I said, do I need to bring the book? I have the book, but I've never read the book, A Course in Miracles. Do I do? And she just very, like she was paused and she said, Tammy. Oh, I said, what are we going to learn? And she paused and she said, we're going to unlearn. Mm-hmm. And I'll see you on the 6th. And I was like, <laughs> uh, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. So that's what I'm starting. And it's been the first class was amazing. The second class, um, most of my, the fellow students in there are octogenarians. They're in their uh, late 70s or most of them are in their 80s. I am like in heaven. I am mm. like just soaking it all up and it's beautiful. So that feels like the next phase of my what I'm adding to my 12-step mm. program is I'll be adding um, those teachings and just seeing where that takes me. I have no idea.
1: Is that the, um, the Gabby Bernstein? Isn't, is that the... Course in Miracles, something she took the members? class.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thought... She, she's done a Course in Miracles, and Marianne Williamson has yeah. done a Course. In miracles, yeah, written yeah. books about it, but yeah. it's a different
1: program yeah. that people can do. I've never
2: read. Their, yeah, I've never read their books. So they oh, they did a their their take on their learnings and teachings from a Course in Miracles. So it's a yeah. base a basic text. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I'm I think sounds, yeah. It sounds amazing. It sounds like we were talking before, weren't we, Mandy, about kind of spirituality and the sort of importance of that and the kind of stickiness of it almost as well because it sort of, that is kind of thread, definitely there are threads through the 12 steps, obviously. Um, and I know both for Mandy and I, because you grew, so Mandy grew up in a very socialist household where it was just like religion was, you know, the opiate of the masses, whatever. And I have religious trauma from <laughs> I can't believe we're getting I don't know why I'm laughing about religious trauma, it's like really inappropriate. But anyway, I have so it's quite sticky for for us and we were just talking about that sort of language and I I sometimes wonder, you know, how you access that if you've got a problem with the semantics, if you've got a problem with the word spirituality, or if you have a problem with, like, you know, that. What, what can... Organised religion, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, or even, yeah, yeah. I just wonder, I, I'm just wondering, I suppose, for myself, how yeah. people can access what it is without... It being that almost, I don't know. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I struggle because I, I have. I like to get baptized a lot, Kate. Just so you know. Oh, so yeah. I've been baptized is that up three above? times. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I feel reborn now yeah. after I take a hot shower. But yeah, no, I'm sorry. that's like my version of a makeshift baptism. Now is, is a hot it actual
1: ba- baptism, like with in the church and fully submerged? Yeah. Are you? Yeah.
2: Wowzers! Yeah. I like, I, I love to get submerged. So, but at some point that just went away, and I, I, I became more agnostic. I guess maybe not atheist, but agnostic, and just became a non-believer. And so for me, when I entered the rooms, it was it was a challenge. And and the thing that um, uh, you know, helpful people will tell you in the rooms, like, oh, you know, just fake it till you make it. Mm. And I hate that saying. I I felt like I was fake my entire life. And I felt that I could not fake this God thing. It had to be real for me. God, higher power, source, divine, whatever word you want to assign to it. But I didn't, I didn't truly believe it. So then that just sent me on a journey to be open to trying to figure it out. It did, it did take me a while. Um, eventually, I was, this is kind of funny, I was listening um, to a Gabby Bernstein meditation. And she started playing a song by James Vincent McMurrow which was higher love. It was a remake of Steve Winwood's song, higher love. And I just started sobbing because I was like, Oh, I listened to the lyrics and I thought, Oh, he's talking, God is love. It's just a feeling. It's not an entity. It's not a person. It's not an invisible man in the sky. It's, it's love. I I can totally have that be my higher power. Mm -hmm. So, um, that kind of goes with your podcast name. Love so much. Yeah. <laughs> that works out. Um, but that, that was my way in, Kate. So that, Because when people would use the word God or I would hear it read in a text, especially a text that was pretty antiquated and written back in the day in the 30s, every time I would see the word God, I would close my eyes and just roll them. I would just be so annoyed. It just The word bothered me. Now it doesn't bother me at all. Mm. And part of that was in a meeting I heard someone say, um, if you can't handle the word God, use the acronym for God. And so people started blaring out all these different, you know, gift of desperation. And I was like, yeah, that one's not sticking for me. But someone had said that God could be grace over drama. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And when I heard that, it totally just, I was like that it's the pause. It's Yeah. Yeah. God can be the pause when you can, can take a minute. That was my way into trying to have some, tiny, tiny, tiny bit of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I just, every time something thing would happen that I want to react to, I would pause and say, I need to respond rather than react. That's God working in my life. That is grace over drama. Mm-hmm. So it took a while, Kate, <laughs> it took a while, but eventually I can use that word now and it's okay for me, mm-hmm. but it took a while. And so it's definitely not a religious, uh, I'm not using it in kind of how maybe religion uses it. I don't know as a figurehead, or uh, I don't even have the language for it either. Yeah, it's, but like,
1: it's, a, it's, it's, it's like a it's um,
2: like code for the thing <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: that the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, but you said okay. you
0: said earlier, it was, you, you said earlier, it was Kate. You said um, that it's like your heart path. Yeah, because I don't like it.
1: I was reading Pima Codron. Uh, or codron when things fall apart um i'm very interested in religion i'm absolutely fascinated in it and i love there's a there's a, an author and a, he founded a philosophical debating society in the uk called the school of life and he, he mm-hmm. is i i love all of the bits of the kind of functions of religion like i love the idea of baptism i fucking mm-hmm. love that idea I'm like, get me baptized now, right? I love lighting <laughs> candles. I love incense. I love community. I love eating together. I love breaking bread. I love that. I love the Islamic ritual. I love ritual. I'm a ritual. Oh, I was going to swear then, and I mustn't say that word. But I am a total, <laughs> yeah, ri- ritual lover. Um, and because I think they speak to the human psyche and this human condition for us to make order out of chaos. And mm-hmm. and they're beautiful and really creative, and they they engage all the senses. Um, I've totally forgotten what I was going to say. Oh yeah, so Pema cod Codrons. and oh, I'm reading it last night. It's a bit like you like rolling your eyes. So she's she's like, so you know when you embark on a spiritual path, and I'm like rolling my eyes. And I'm going, oh fuck off <laughs> 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 spiritual <laughs> path. Like <laughs> and then I was like, because I kind of know I can. I do know I do understand what she's sort of saying it's just I've got a problem with the words so I said to Mandy I just thought well if I use the words heart path that makes that's fine for me because it feels like true north it feels like something visceral something in me something so true that I don't have to argue with it just is and there's something about it just whatever it is it just is it's it's so handsome whatever you want to call it um so yeah I I I know I hear what you're saying about just not letting the language get in the way I suppose not yeah. fighting so hard with the language somehow I don't know
0: yeah, I think I that's know. a kind of the same for me is it, in the sense that for me it's like you know my whole life I've fighted this I've fighted oh I've fighted like, <laughs> I did they it that Be there <laughs> I fought um the constructs of it yeah yeah you did my lover coming from my my background and coming from everything that I learned about what you know religion was and I didn't I think I got very confused at a very young age that spirituality and religion was the same thing Mm -hmm. and so I kind of put it all in the same box And, and I don't know I feel I feel like um I think it's like you have these kind of images of people, you know, you you kind of get sober and then it's like, and then you, you know, get spiritual. And I don't want to be that person. Like there's that kind of blocks of like, I don't know, there is some sort of shame questions or because I've become from such a sort of um, atheist background or, you know, the whole, I can just hear my, you know, my family kind of like whoa, laughing or, and so it, it holds all these barriers for me. And sure. so I sit on the edge kind of looking over going, Oh, that looks nice. That kind of, you know, awe feeling or, and I kind of, maybe I do feel these things or maybe I am quite intuitive, but I definitely just kind of push it down and just go, no, no, no. And, and I don't know whether it's partly kind of PTSD stuff as well. That kind of like, I need to keep my feet on the ground and I need to be fully present. You know, I don't know, but it, I'm sure we'll, we'll have this conversation and, Few years' time, and yeah. I'll be like, or in, our, awesome. in amongst a
1: gong bath, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's where <laughs> you'll yeah. be. Where you know, <laughs> being you know, baptized to the sound of gongs whilst coloring. Yeah. What... In a actually, that sounds really nice. I feel a retreat it going on. It does sound right? really
2: nice. <laughs> Let's oh, no. do it.
1: I didn't think that'd be nice. But it,
2: it's, it's interesting, it's like, um. I don't know. It's just, it's finally letting down my guard. So yeah, maybe with PTSD, Mandy, you can't do that just yet, but letting down my guard and knowing that, um, uh, I actually get to, I can do what I want. <laughs> mm. Right. And yeah. in sobriety, it feels like finally, like I'm in charge of this. And that's why sometimes when I know some ladies have a hard time with 12 step and, and there's a lot of resistance to language and to things. And, and it's not that I'm just submissive and then I just walk in there and have a great time. No, I, I, I take it as um, that, that room is my teacher. The people in there are my teachers. And when I started accepting it that way, I had a much better time. Mm. Um, I would still get annoyed with people because I'm human. Um, I would have a lot of judgment. I'm human. I would go home and write about that. I would use every interaction as a prompt. And, um, and sometimes I would have to take a break. You know, but I introduced myself in those meetings. I know a lot of people have a hard time with the A word mm-hmm. and calling themselves, you know, capital A alcoholic. And I um it's an economy of language. And I think that's what I wanted to mention to when Kate mentioned about go- the God word. Like I use God as an economy of language now, just like I use alcoholic in meetings as an economy of language. And and I don't use it as a capital A. I always use it as a lowercase a. Mm-hmm. And I never say I am. I just would say Tammy, comma alcoholic, but I've changed that, lately. ladies. That has that has evolved and changed. So, at the meetings, I um, have been introducing myself as a sober, dignified woman, and that's Amazing. how I say. I say I'm Tammy, oh, I'm sober, dignified. And at first, it was kind of silly. You know, I felt kind of nervous to do it and thinking, oh, am I going to get kicked out? Because you can't get kicked out is the thing. But it um, felt. <laughs> you know, when you have people that are really like, sometimes they're big book thumpers or they, but it doesn't matter because it's teaching me that I don't care what people think, Mm. but I do, I know I do, but it's teaching me like to let go of it. Yeah. And so some women have been coming up to me lately. It's been so sweet. Some women that have maybe a little softer voices in the meeting. And she says, I love when you call yourself a sober, dignified woman. I'd like to do that too. And I said, well, I give you permission. You absolutely can. And, um, then one day I wasn't there, but somebody shared with me that a man said, um, I like how she introduces herself that, you know, says my name and, um, and I, I feel like I want to do that. I'm a sober, dignified man. And I was Yay. like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. we can change stuff. You don't have to fall in line or we don't have to believe in the G.O.D. that somebody else does, you know what I mean? Or introduce or use names or monikers, um. I still don't mind the word. I do feel like it's just economy of language. And sometimes it's quicker than me saying, oh, yeah, I am a sober woman. That's but what
1: I, I meant by code, like a shorthand mm-hmm. for something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Totally. Totally.
0: And what's really interesting, I suppose, because kind of being quite public now, you know, um, you know, we do the podcast, we've written a book, we kind of, you know, I talk about all sorts of stuff on Instagram. You know, and I know you you have your public kind of pages that you share and that's quite interesting actually for me to to that to still clasp certain things private or you know, to keep for me. It's like I don't have to share that and I don't have to prove a point or talk about it with my family or you know, it doesn't have to be a thing that's like yeah. sort of, you know, published to the world. It can just be for me and my little Kind of thoughts and feelings about it. So,
1: yeah. and and
0: it's true. The more the more soda, sober time you have, the more you just don't really give a fuck. What?
1: No. It's true, <laughs> right. don't you? It's true. And I, it's yeah. I, I think you know we've talked about it before about you know we were talking about getting messy and I think you know we've we've talked about before when you're struggling with kind of a drink problem and then all the attendant kind of personality anxieties and sort of shame you often spend a lot of time trying to prove to the outside world that you're you're doing just fine you know you have really got Mm. it all because you're actually trying to cope with that dis not i don't know what what the word is dysfunction or problem you know when there is something so wonderful liberating about when you're in recovery um I've had to make friends with that word, haven't I, Mandy? You know, but I, yeah, I love it. I have so now. You're doing very yeah, well. and I do, I do. Um, that's yeah, because you know, you're not you're not having to hide that sort of shameful thing. That it actually doesn't matter if you are a bit of a knob. I will say that word, or if you, you know, because it it doesn't it really doesn't matter. And I love that about sobriety. I love that about. That confidence, that is that beautiful byproduct. I was like, I never thought that would happen. Oh, I yeah. didn't even know I was underconfident, and I was like, Hey, this is what it feels like right. to not be really anxious and constantly like editing almost before you've said something.
2: Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Just I...
1: Return... Sorry, go on.
2: Um, so you're returning to yourself, right, Kate? Yeah. I mean, we're return- yeah for returning. and it's awkward and fumbly because we haven't been there for a long
1: yeah. time yeah 100 and I, I, something you said earlier about the all the things that you were doing to try and distract yourself from that anxiety or you know I, that really resonates with me i became very busy like very mm-hmm. very 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 yeah. very busy so that i never had to like yeah just be with with it definitely or all, all with myself
2: yeah no still no stillness, right? We overcommit, we become the PTA president, we become the volunteer coordinator, we come all the things to yeah. not just be alone with ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I felt very important. <laughs> and I felt very much like a martyr. Yeah. You know, I I was, and I can I can see that now. I can definitely see that now. Mm-hmm. And I think the beautiful thing, just like what we were just talking about, is one of my character traits that I worked on when I worked the steps was that I had you know, I have a lot of judgment and I've learned to embrace that judgment too, because, um, and look at the opposite definition of it, which is discernment. And I mm-hmm. think in sobriety, I can have a, a a level of discernment that I never had when I was anesthetizing myself, you know, mm-hmm. every single night I couldn't discern mm-hmm. what was a good decision or who to hang out with or who to trust or, whether somebody was yeah. telling me the truth or not, like I didn't have that level. And I feel like once I removed alcohol, it took a while. It took yeah. some writing and training and thinking and being alone and practicing. Um, but I could learn to say no to things and guard my, um, guard my world a little bit more, respect myself a lot more. Mm. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little
0: bit about, I know you've got some projects and some offerings coming out. So, um, tell us
2: a little bit about what 2020 looks, looks like for you. And yeah, I'm excited. Sandra and I have something really big that we're doing. Um, It's the Unruffled Retreat and we're doing a retreat in Florence, Italy this fall. Oh Oh my goodness. I love Florence. Super excited. Ice cream. We've never been. Oh, ice cream. Yes. Yeah. Um, We had, we had um, Cody who has been on our show and he met me in France for a quick uh Sunday and took me to a couple places and he has offered to help us put this retreat together. And Amazing. so we're recording with him tomorrow and we'll be announcing this to the world. Um, he has all the details. He's planned it all out for us. A couple days in Florence. Uh and then we're going to out to a villa and we'll spend uh five days four or five days there. We'll be doing uh creative workshops and photography and He's going to do, he's offered to do blowouts for all the ladies because he's also a hairstylist. So it's going to be fabulous. Um, you know, it's just going to be so fun. And
1: Florence and is so Florence, artistic, isn't it? It's perfect place yeah. for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Cool. One of my favorite Italian cities, actually.
2: Ah, I've never mm. been.
1: So I'm very mm. Have you
2: been to Italy at all?
1: No. Oh, my God. Oh, wow.
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm going to die and go to heaven oh yeah so amazing oh good yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. he he is working on that and he um How yeah he's working on all that. so he has a website I'm gonna get that in a second I don't
1: have it up you right need now. to go and get you need to get baptized like in Florence <laughs> <laughs> right I'm I've planted the seed.
2: <laughs> i think i think you're on to something there <laughs> so that's going to happen in the fall it'll be um it will be late uh, september we're locking down the dates i think it's the third week of september um and i'm excited last year i went to marrakesh the third week mm. of september and it was just this magical beautiful rich experience that i'm still kind of riding the high from creatively um so we're hoping that we can help some women travel. It'll be for women who have um, you know, are comfortable with travel and comfortable with their sobriety. Mm. Because we we know it's Italy, we know that wine is everywhere. Mm. And that's part of their culture. It's not gonna be at our retreat house, obviously at the villa, but it will be probably out in public where we are in the city. So mm. we wanna make sure people have some pretty solid, you know, they're feeling good about that and that they'll be with people that can support them, of course. And And buddy up but um yeah how many how many people how many places will you have available
1: 12 Amazing i'll tell you what there is yeah sorry i was gonna say there is an amazing food market after well i'll have to share it with you because it was in an old market and it's really buzzing really vibrant you can go around all the stores and they have got alcohol-free beer They're alcohol-free, really nice, alcohol-free lager, great food. So it can cater for, you know. Yeah. So. Wonderful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. So there's going to be a website he's creating by the time maybe this airs, it'll be up, um, unruffledretreat.com. But mm-hmm. if not, um, people can go to and contact us directly on our websites, which, uh, Sandra has the unruffled.com and mine is just my name, Tammy So that's exciting. And then I'm launching a course in February on February 22nd called proof of life. And that's a creative online course. I taught it last summer live And it's about all my practices that I do. And Mm -hmm. so the first week is going to be about rituals and routines. The second week is the art of the selfie, where we do selfies and six-word memoirs and all different mediums that we're going to use. Uh, A lot of women, we don't take pictures of ourselves. We don't honor ourselves in a way that, um, I don't know. I just, I was looking through my photos and for the last 10 years, there's like a handful of photos, even trying to find a picture for you guys. I'm like, ah, okay. I don't have i you know i don't have many so we we explore that plus the psychology of a six-word memoir kind of wrapping up your life and six Mm -hmm. words are that so and then the third week of the program is about um analog i am a big fan of analog practices and so we do a lot of logbook collaging gratitude lists um some books and podcasts to listen to, but also just to get into your logbook and document and have proof of your life. That's the whole thing. I love that. Um, Yeah. Fourth week, we make a ray of light, a piece of artwork that I've made. Um, I did an interview series um, in early sobriety where I interviewed a woman every week on my blog and I made artwork in her image. And uh, that was just so, that was such a great year, that project, that was an accountability project. So I teach people how to do that. And the great thing about this course is that I'm going to, because I love community so much is I'm going to do a live, uh, I love Sundays. Um, I'm going to do a live kind of group sharing session every Sunday for the rest of the calendar year. So for all of 2020, we meet on the first Sunday of the month and we get to share and ask questions and share tools and create our own community from that. So Mm -hmm. all of that's on my website. And, amazing uh, oh yeah. i so we'll, want to um, do that um, yeah i'm gonna do that
1: <laughs> we're, we're gonna do proof of life course <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, i would love it
0: yeah i would totally no,
1: love 100 i've got to i love it i absolutely love that right. yeah yeah um and we'll put all the links obviously on the um okay. you yeah you know in all the notes so that people can find you and stuff thank you thank you okay so we should wrap it up really um yeah We always finish with
2: a a tip of the day and a reason to love sober. So, Okay. I had a lot of tips, but I narrowed it down for you ladies. Okay. I would say one of the biggest things for me, um, a tip of the day that helps me, and it's also a sobriety tool um, as well is to carry a notebook and a pen and pencil case, like, any size. Um, I used to carry really big ones and had like too many things in there. Um, but the reason for this, I have a big, I have a big notebook, which is this, uh, moleskin notebook, but I also have, Oh, I don't have it here. I have a small notebook that I carry in my bag. So that bag is for jotting down women's phone numbers that I meet at meetings. That notebook is to write down little nuggets that I hear on podcasts. So my big notebook, I, I liken it to like a, it's like the space station basically. <laughs> and then the little notebook is like the docking, like a satellite, <laughs> right? So it's like the space docking station is my big one. Then, then the little one that I put in my purse is, is like a satellite one that gathers information when I'm out in the world. And then sometimes some of those things go into my big notebook that I don't want to forget or yeah. a podcast that somebody recommended that I want to listen to. Um, so I find that very helpful. I write gratitude lists in there. Um, I write down phrases from prayers that I love or, um, just, yeah, just quotes, things that I hear that inspire me or that give me ideas for my creativity, a project. I'm very fascinated with, um, the gold arc line over the Madonna, you know, in art history books mm. and using gold. And I'm just, oh, yeah. I, I want to, I want to take childhood photos and I want to make some arc lines as a little kid. anyhow. So, when those things happen I just jot them down in my notebook and that that would be the thing that I would say would be the tip uh for creativity and for your recovery to take that with you wherever you go when you have sober mm. sober meetups or going to hear you guys speak like I would be taking notes when you guys are on these panels that's what I would recommend mm. I
1: love that. amazing yeah
0: yes yeah. yeah, my problem is is I've got so many notebooks and I'm not Absolutely. consistent of which one so I'm like mm. I wrote that somewhere and then I've got like yeah. six notebooks later, like find it. So I, what I need to do is, is give myself that time to like, do you, you know, know um, bring it all back to the space station.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, But I, um, yes, I am. I've i got one at the moment. Well, I've got a few. I do the same with you. I've got beginnings and ends and everything. And I've just got these ones that I got from Wilco, which are like... They're just really rough and ready. that Wilco is just like I think maybe it's like Walmart for you. I don't know, just mm. sells loads of stuff and it's not posh and and it they they're a bit of a mess, and my daughter in her, because you know like girls at school they can get into that whole perfectionist writing trying to write too neatly and stuff like that so at my daughter's school she's at primary school they've got they all get this pad and it's called the ink waster where you can just do whatever you like in it you can write down your thoughts you can so I've got my Wilco pad my big Wilco pad and I've just put Kate's ink waster and it's totally taking the pressure off me what I put in it because I was realizing yeah. I had a bit of that old primary school, like oh, I better make dear diary yeah. and it, the da 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 and the date on the right hand side and the dear diary and then signing at the end. And I'm like, no, I've got my ink waste, or I can just, yeah, I can just get it out. So
2: anyway, I like that. I like yeah. that idea. Well, the thing too, ladies, really fast is that I have one notebook, yeah. right? This is this is it. I call it my logbook. So this is it. The satellite one is just for little nuggets, okay? This is just little nuggets, but only one. Yeah. And so, okay, but this is what I teach in one of my classes is I also, when you are working on a program or you're writing or, and you don't want to lose it, right? I just photocopy these pages and I put it in an idea binder or a project binder. And mm-hmm. then I can expand on that project in there so that mm-hmm. it doesn't get totally lost in here. But sometimes you're incubating, you know what I mean? You have to, you're thinking about all these things, creating notes for podcasts and this and that. I have a podcast binder. Mm-hmm. I use my mm-hmm. binders in a way, but I use it here and photocopy it and move it, which is I know another step, but it helps me just be able to get it down at least yeah. when I'm yeah. thinking. I love that. I love all those
1: ideas.
0: Because that's what, because I always start with one that's like my nice book, you know, so I buy a nice one and I want to make it nice. And so then I've got like my messy one, but then I'm like, I can't, and then it all just gets messy and I get really upset.
2: I understand. (laughs) I totally understand. And we talk a lot about this on analog week for sure. (laughs) Yes, I understand. (laughs) Um, And what's your reason to love sober? My reason to love sober, I thought about this question and I love it. Um, I love sober today so that I can tap into my intuition and go out into the world as a sober dignified creative woman that I'm really really proud of yeah
0: amazing
2: Woo-hoo. amen to that That's Loved beautiful.
1: It. yeah
2: oh thank, oh, you, thank you so
1: much it's been amazing thank you, to Dave. speak to you a- so many brilliant ideas I'm like I'm really buzzing with all of those the ideas about
0: <laughs> did you write it all in one book there. or have you written it like <laughs> me on three different pieces yeah. of paper I've written it all <laughs> over
1: that bit and uh, that
2: bit Wow. thank you Marcus thank ladies. you so I, love it. Much. I, appreciate, I appreciate you having me on oh, yeah, yeah we'll, well we'll
0: hopefully see you soon maybe yeah. in italy
1: yeah Ooh, what
0: Florence. we could do what we could just throw an idea out there if we can't do the whole retreat we can fly over just to just like the weekend
2: yeah
1: we could look at,
2: this. look at all the dreams all and me. then we
1: can look for because there's the religious iconography in so many good galleries and all of that yeah. i love the medieval art the lapis and the gold arc i totally love all that so the Uffizi i think has got lots of that in so yeah.
2: oh. and we'll plot our bapt. and we'll plot our baptisms yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's gonna be a lot to do in
0: italy yeah. okay. okay well thanks but, yeah.
2: so much you take care of yourself yeah,
0: bye thank you. thank you
2: very
1: much oh. so if you're immediately thank concerned you. about your drinking um just reach out get support there's lots of online groups um we've got our facebook group there's Soberistas has um a confidential ask the doctor service uh there are lots and lots of places so you know you can find us on Instagram um also alcohol change will have agencies of local support for in your area um but just don't feel like you're struggling alone there's lots of us and you just get in touch um and we'll see you next week for more chat